You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum. This is Radio Ramadan. I'm your host, Zubair Akram. And with me, as always, I have my guest, Sheikh Razwan Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, if you like the program, if you have comments about this program, and if you want to maybe add into the conversation or want to have... Uh, uh, I, I got some private messages yesterday. People were getting frustrated with my questions. Um, so you can ask another one. That, that was that was myself. It's you were frustrated? No, I, I sent you some messages. <laughs> Did you? Sorry. No, I didn't. Well, I never received yours. But yes, uh, there were some messages. People were getting really frustrated. Um, they thought, you're giving me straightforward answers. I'm still confused, but that's me. Uh, how are you, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Very still, well. Still, still curfew in um, Istanbul? Yes, extra curfew tomorrow, Jumu'ah. So um, hopefully we can pray Jumu'ah, but extra curfew, a, a day of um, strict enforcement tomorrow as well. Hmm. So things are not looking that great, uh, e- even in Lahore here and, and Istanbul. It seems to be getting better in the other parts of the world. Uh, Glasgow seems to be opening up, uh, which is a good sign, alhamdulillah. Uh, Faisal, who is our technical geek here, uh, is having still some difficulties. Uh, if we are ready, then we will start with ayah number 16. Uh, onwards of Surah Anbiya, which is 21st Surah of Quran. Um, that's the Surah that's under discussion in, in this program reflections uh, in this month of Ramadan. So let's go for Quranic recitation, its translation and commentary. <laughs> in the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. And we did not create the heaven and earth and that between them in play. Had we intended to take a diversion, we could have taken it from what is with us, if indeed we were to do so. Rather, we dash the truth upon falsehood, and it destroys it, and thereupon it departs. And for you is destruction from that which you describe. To him belongs whoever is in the heavens and the earth. And those near him are not prevented by arrogance from his worship, nor do they tire. Sadaqallahu Ladim Aaj ki ayat aur unka tarjuma Humne is asman aur zameen ko Humne is asman aur zameen ko Aur jo kuch 
भी इनमें है कुछ खेल के तौर पर नहीं बनाया अगर हम कोई खिलौना बनाना चाहते और बस यही कुछ हमें करना होता तो अपने ही पास से कर लेते मगर हम तो बातिल पर हक की चोट लगाते हैं जो इसका सर तोड़ देती है और वो देखते देखते मिट जाता है और तुम्हारे लिए तबाही है उन बातों की वजह से जो तुम बनाते हो जमीन और आसमानों में जो मखलूक भी है अल्लाह की है और जो फरिश्ते इसके पास हैं वो ना अपने आप को बड़ा समझकर उसकी बंदगी से सरताबी करते हैं और ना मलूल होते हैं शब रोज उसकी तस्वीर करते रहते हैं दम नहीं लेते सदीन सो शेख टूडेज आयाज स्टार्टिंग फ्राम सिक्सटीन and we did not create the heaven and earth and that we and that between them in play had we intended to take a diversion we could have taken it from what it is with us and if needed we were to do so so as uh, i've understood so far and you've repeatedly said which i just want to kind of renew um f- refresh my memory and of the listeners that a lot of it is just general statements general universal statements uh which sometimes doesn't even require a context uh and today's i especially it seems they are statements which i would like to inshallah uh, understand with you for the listeners and for myself bismillah rahman rahim so yesterday um we covered quickly a section which discusses the the onset of punishment upon the previous nations as a as a reminder to who who were who's who's being reminded it's it's the people of the quraish essentially and foremost but also you would say that to, that extends to everybody that is able to read and to understand and ponder the quran itself uh, anybody who reaches uh, any kind of understanding of the message will be able to read the same thing that how many uh, uh, you know a, a nation or a tribe or a people or a civilization that has as a result of its own um injustice so injustice can be social injustice to other people it can be in- injustice to yourself zalimun li nafsihi the quran talks about that as much as it talks about zulm against other people so injustice to yourself by you selling yourself short as a human being and that in the most essential way is to um make yourself um and this will this is this is going to be important to put yourself up as the the judge and the arbiter and the and the criteria for right and wrong yourself you in other words not your creator so this is almost the greatest zulm that can ever be created which is that you yourself create yourself as being the person and the entity that establishes right and wrong good and bad um truth and falsehood which essentially is from one perspective in certain areas which are the big areas of life the prerogative of the creator himself himself not a gendered um creator but himself is this a convention as we know and so that whole section is important to understand from the perspective of the accountability of everybody that any destruction or any punishment whether it's on earth you know people will say well why is it on earth the issue is that it will come it is a matter of it's on on earth or it's going to come later at some point that justice and we saw the beginning of the chapter talking about you know the idea of iqtarab lin nasi hisabuhum that 
the impending um, judgment of, of people has is in coming into complete proximity to them. That we know for everybody, whether we see it on earth or we see it in the hereafter on judgment day, it doesn't make any difference, to, to be honest. The judgment will be there. It's a logical, rational um, stipulation. And so all of that section is essentially to tell us that, you know, if there is something that happens to you, it's out of what you yourself have, you know, earned. And we know that Allah is not unjust to his servants. So this is, again, another general statement in the Quran, that Allah is not uh, unjust to, and Allah says, Abid, his servants, the ones that he has created. And so after that, yes, you, you said there are general statements in this chapter. There are statements that um, you can take without a context, but even those things that you say can, you can take without a context, the Qur'an is enriched by the fact that you look at what's before and after the sections that we are looking at. And this is why, you know, the section that we've chosen, we're continuing on from this, uh, which is verse number, I think, six, 16 and 17. Uh, that Allah is now making a statement, but it is going to be related to what's previous to it, that we have not created... Um, the heaven and the earth and everything that is 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 um, sandwiched between them um laibin as a as a futile futile play as a sport in other words mm -hmm. as an not an entertainment but as a sport as a way of exercising so it's not laib is all, always sometimes people say laib is like it has this concept of istihza which is like mockery or enjoyment La'ib essentially is to, you think about it, it is to condition yourself and it is to check the capacity that you have to do certain things. So la'ib, yes, it is enjoyable, but the, the depth of this enjoyability is testing your ability to do certain things, like compete with somebody else. And so... That, that, that's, that's love. Yeah, so you know when people translate la'ib, they always think it's some kind of um, play. Yeah. And they think, oh, it's just like, you know, messing about, or as we say in English, or, you know, idle time-wasting. Mm -hmm. it has this, um, also this concept of, of, of a certain type of conditioning and testing of oneself. You know, it's, you know we, we know that children learn through laib, through learning. Sorry, to, they learn through play. But the play is there to check boundaries, if you think about it. You know, why is the Prophet, you know, he advised people to, um, to, to play with their children for the first, you know, period of their life, first seven years, for example. It's not to make them laugh, although that's one of the benefits for us as human adults is that we enjoy playing with children that we know are enjoying themselves. It's actually the whole process of learning there is to understand boundaries and you know this is hot this is cold this is dangerous this is something you can do when you're fighting this is something you can't do the, the boundaries you learn out about your own body in those first years and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that we didn't create the heaven and by extension the heavens everything that is above and you know almost external to what we understand well arda which is what we are living on the earth itself and everything in between these two aspects of, of creation as this idea of playful sport or testing 
you know, God doesn't need to prove himself. The whole point here is that th there's nothing that God needs to find out by creating the heavens and the earth. So it, it has some meaning to it. It's not just a meaningless thing. It ha yes, that's one thing. But it's and meaning is not restricted to God. It's 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 extended to human beings. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a so the existence, the mere existence of this universe and what we can associate with has a purpose. Purpose. purpose exactly. That's the word. Purpose related to us. Yes. And there was the big question that we ask ourselves is why are we here? Why? We don't ask how. We don't ask when. Because well, these simple questions, your passport will tell you when. You know, where will tell you that. What? Why is the big question? And and that is the, 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 the question that's been answered here in a way, that God is saying that there is a purpose, and the purpose is related to the people that are being punished or being rewarded. Now, if you're intelligent, you will think, why is God, God punishing those people that we just looked at in the previous five verses? And also in, in the rest of the Quran, more verses talk about the people that are pleasured and rewarded and given um, great honor in, in this life and the next. Why? That is the whole point. The whole point is there's some kind of purpose of right and wrong, you know, you know, I mean, I don't know if I, I can even use this, black and white, you know, contrast, not in terms of color, but in terms of, you know, right and wrong. Um, there's some concept of this is the right place to be, this is the wrong place to be. And if you're of the people of the right hand and you're people of the left hand, this is a, the metaphor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses in, in like Surah Al-Waqi'ah, for example. He talks about Ashab al-Yameen, Ashab al-Shimal, for example. Mm -hmm. And so what we find is, if you question yourself and say, What's, why is God just creating people and punishing them? Like in the Old Testament, when you read the narratives in, 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 about God's punishing of, of, of the people, the tribes and, and nations of, of the world, almost vengefully, almost jealously, you think this is just vindictiveness. This is what a lot of atheists nowadays say. You know, a lot of popular atheists mock religion and say, you know, what kind of God are people worshipping that, you know, is so jealous of people having other idols or, you know, needs or um, interests other than him. Other than God, meaning, you know, what kind of God is that? That's not a God worthy of worship, they would say. But the whole point Allah is saying is then what's the purpose of living if it's not, as everybody, even the atheists would say, the purpose is to have an ethical, moral, good life. Nobody's going to say, apart from a Satanist, you know, is going to say that we shouldn't live a moral, good life. Everybody was except that. So, so, so this, yeah. this meaning, meaning is hidden in this, right? So it's not a playful thing. It's not something without purpose. But we as humans are invited to understand the purpose. Yes, we. I mean, we are the purpose. So the purpose is for us to do something and function in a way that fulfills our potential as human beings, which is to choose right over wrong righteousness over wrongdoing to choose guidance over misguidance for example you know this is the whole there's a, there's a there's something set up there's a balance set up and there's a purpose to it which is related to um cognizant um intelligent beings which is humans and jinn and this is why allah then says law aradna 
lahwan. If we wanted to take something as lahu, which is this exactly that thing of a diversion or a or something playful or something to to pass the time, We have would have done it from ourselves. We would have not required the civilizations that are on the face of this earth and human beings and jinn and the creation. God doesn't require things to busy himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why in Aqidah we always talk about the fact that um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a quality which is ghina ani nafs. He is mustaghnin. He is completely in need of nothing. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need even to test us. The purpose of the test is ours. The, the benefit of the test is ours. It's not as if God finds out something about our, the human being it's not as if God's test created us in testing our, our dexterity and then we'll write a report about, oh, I created um, these things which are made of flesh and blood and they were able to, in 72% of, of cases, act ethically and right. And in the rest of the cases, they went all astray. You know, and then he finds out something. You know, it's not like that. God had no purpose for himself to create creation. In kunna fa'ilin, even if we wanted to do it, that's not what this is all about. In other words, the whole purpose then comes back to us, which is we're the purpose. Like there's something to do with ourselves about finding out something about ourselves that God wants for whatever. This is where the deep, deep discussion comes up is the purpose deep down is what? It is for human beings to realize their potential, to realize their ability and to realize their you know, um, capacity to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we cannot get to the point where we understand what God subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us in terms of need. He has no need. So we know that. And so it's a, it's a divine mystery. And you know, there is in, in the Torah, for example, in, in, in Jewish scripture, there is ideas such as, you know, um, it's actually passed on as a hadith But it's not actually a hadith So it's a fabrication So I'm mentioning where it's from It's from the Jewish tradition Which is that God said that he was a hidden treasure And he wanted to be known And so he um, created the creation You know, in Arabic, in fact People relate it as a hadith Kuntu kanzan maghfiyan Fa'aradtu ma'rifati Fa'khalaqtu al-khalqa I was a hidden treasure God talking about himself and I wanted to be known, so I created creation. So that's something that we don't necessarily accept or reject. It's just something that's in the previous scriptures. But what's the, what's the ultimate purpose for God? We know that he needs nothing. Mm. And, and we, you know, if you think about it, we, thinking and talking about this, are one small speck in creation. And we actually even don't even know, to be honest, if there's a whole parallel creative cosmos beyond the cosmos that we can measure, that God has created. It's just, it's just, you know, all we know is what we've been told. Hmm. You know, the Quran, the prophets, the angels, paradise, hellfire. And God is far beyond what we can imagine. And so we just leave it there and we just get on with what we need to do, which is um, our own responsibilities. And so that's why, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says in verse um, number 18, but rather we hurl the, the truth against falsehood. And so, so it's telling us, look, the, the whole point here is about finding out the truth, finding out about falsehood, 
And Allah says, فَيَدْمَغُهُ And it abolish, demolishes falsehood. Hmm. And it vanishes. Telling us, you know, in this whole picture of what, what, what path should we take, it's the path of truth. Because essentially it is stronger. It is more persistent, more perennial. وَلَكُمُ الْوَيْلُ مِمَّا تَصِفُونَ And woe to you for what you've alleged about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, that you think that this is all created as a, as a play, as, as, a, as a jest. You know, subhanallah, it's not. It's there for a very specific purpose. Then Allah says, وَلَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And this is interesting as well. Allah says, to him belongs مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ Man is used in Arabic. And in the Quran, it usually uses something else. مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ You know, you probably know this. In, in, in the Quran, usually, وَلَهُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ that To God belongs whatever is in the heavens and the earth. But here it says something else. مَنْ Whoever. In other words, intelligent. Every piece of intelligence in the heavens and the earth belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? And then, it, it actually then, it just is quite an amazing thing. It just jumps all the way back to, remember the Quraysh were saying the Prophet should have been an angel. You know, why have they sent a flesh and blood prophet, human being, that, you know, pains like us, lives like us. Allah says, to him belongs every single cognizant being within the heavens and the earth. As for the ones that are with Allah, that the angels, they do not, um, you know, turn their noses up. Yastakbir is to be arrogant about doing something. They don't turn their noses up from worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they do not become um, tired, weary. So God has creations that, you know, don't need to choose. They don't need to understand the right and the wrong. They don't need to uh, understand what's for their good and what's not for their good. There, are, there is this whole creation, which is the angelic realm. They glorify night and day. They don't wane. They don't flag. They don't falter. And so all of those creations are there. We don't need to interact with them to understand anything. You just need to get on with what you have, which is the prophets come with a knowledge and a, and a message and an invitation and what what is something that falls into your um, responsibility is to just accept or reject, think and investigate and choose. You know, so it's, it's quite interesting. But the, but yeah. the responsibility is taken by God himself. Mm. Subhanahu wa ta'ala That he destroys falsehood mm -hmm. uh, But is it through Human activity? What, what do you mean? Let me, let me explain okay. that to me <clears throat> Okay So what I understand is that the, the statement is that I haven't created this earth Or this universe As, as something for amusement Or amusement for me God is saying, right? It's not something that if people, one side of people on, are on the righteous path and others are obstacles for the righteous path, uh, and there is a clash always uh, between right and wrong, that's amongst people. And then there is a clash between people within themselves of what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And there are 
constantly choosing right from wrong or sometimes choose wrong on right so but mm. and then there is uh, following from the statement is that i make truth prevail over falsehood mm-hmm. yeah so the, the, you, i mean the, the verse itself at its own level is is talking about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um using truth to demolish falsehood now yeah. now you would say well i would stop there and say that's it the the, the 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 verse is telling you that god destroys falsehood through the power he has placed within truth okay mm-hmm. to the point that god says this totally demolishes it and but the it, falsehood also exists because god has allowed it to exist yeah, I mean that's a that's a given because God, in you know, according to um, Sunni creed, it, 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 the the fact is that al qadru khairuhu min wa sharihi min Allah Taala that that good the good and bad of in terms of the decrees from God decree is what happens and what's happened can be good or bad, evil or you know something that is pleasing to us, and so Allah says that that is the case that He destroys it. To the point that it's not only smashed, but also it become it vanishes. Zahiq is just to um, dissolve away. So once you know that, and the fact that God is the one, the agent that does that, then you're thinking you have a choice between good and bad. It's telling you it's like a, a, a parent. You know, the child's watching the parent, and the parent does something, and constantly. When there's a situation comes up, the, the child always notices the parent does this. Hmm. So, for example, they're walking in the street and there's a there's a beggar there, and the ch- and the and the and the parent gives some money to the beggar. Hmm. This happens every single time. You can encapsulate that by a situation where you have good and bad, which is the evil of 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 poverty, and then being helped by an action. So it's always one way. So what does the child think? So what does the child think? It's unfinished. The child thinks that what I need to do is the same direction, which is remove poverty through giving. Hmm. And so when you know that Allah is, is removing falsehood with, through good and obliterating it, you're thinking that I am a servant of Allah and I should essentially do the same thing. So whenever you see falsehood, but the issue here, remember, is about uh, what is falsehood. Remember, what we assume as falsehood sometimes is what we want to destroy and it's not falsehood like you know mm-hmm. people demonstrate and destroy things or you know rampage and all these kind of things in their mind they're justifying it but the justification sometimes will fall very short of the criteria we know in religious law to be justified and mm-hmm. so the only problem here is <coughs> this is what the Prophet said arin al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'a Show us truth as truth. So the, the the big issue here is not, you know, what what side are you on? Are you on the side of truth or falsehood? Who's going to say falsehood except for, you know, the person with these kind of um, tattoos on their forehead of, of horns or whatever it is, you know, Satanists. Everybody's going to say the same thing, but the issue is recognizing truth as truth. And, and show us falsehood as falsehood to ourselves so th- this, is is a, this is a dua. And, and it's a dua but the dua is there because sometimes what's true and what's not what's falsehood and what's not is 
is is you know in the glasses if they are clouded by something by personality by judgment by pride by prejudice then you see what's on the glasses hmm. if you've got glasses and you've got imprinted within them a specific shade everything is as i say rose tinted glasses you know they, they talk about people looking at their history with rose tinted glasses in other words they could be bloodshed and, and oppression in what they're doing or the people people that they that they love did but they see it through rose tinted glasses and so essentially we have to see truth as truth and how is that it's the first step is not to learn not to study the first step step is to get rid of the the the, the cardinal sin of the first um you know ethical mistake on heaven in the heavens and the earth which is the the, the mistake of iblis which was based upon, you know, arrogance. And if you look at it on earth, Cain and Abel, the story of, you know, the two sons of Adam, Ali Salam, it was envy. So this is always my experience. The thing that stops people seeing truth and accepting it is not sometimes, it's not, not ever to do with not knowing something. Hmm. It's to do with nafsani, a very deep, deep nafsani issue, which is to do with pride or arrogance. I know that. I mean, I've, I've seen people that will speak, you know, and say things about, you know, things that I know about and I respect. And I know they're saying it not because they feel it's un untrue or not correct. It's because the nafs is telling them to do it. The truth of the proof of that is that if I explained it to them, they wouldn't listen. Okay, so Sheikh, that's on on. Uh, okay, no one to trivialize this. Um, okay, okay, please do because you you always have a knack of doing that. So please <laughs> don't, don't don't allow me to come in between the trivialization of. of um, if it helps to understand something, I don't yes, okay, uh, it makes probably sense to people who are looking for some academic philosophical conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, Someone like me with a grind of life trying to make a living and a Joe who is nine to nine busy with work. What is in it for me in this one? What, what I've, told is you, God I've told you, if you want to know the truth, I've told, I've told you, if, you, if you want to know the truth, you don't have to go to a madrasa and sit with an imam and learn what's right and wrong. You know, I guarantee you know what's right and wrong in the big things, in, in the big way that you live, your parents probably brought you up well enough to understand right and wrong, truth and falsehood, the the, the benefit of, of telling the truth and, and the and the kind of the misdemeanors that come out of lying. I guarantee that. Killing people, harming people. Like you don't have to go to Madrasa and learn how not to how not to you know harm people. You go there to, to learn, you know, how to clean your private parts if you go to the toilet or you know, what's the things that break your wudu or fast or, you know, what's the details about commercial law and all these kind of things, detailed etiquettes that you learn from that thing. The thing that you need to know is that as you get older, you know, the teachings of your parents and your peers about what's good is clouded over by your nafs. It's not an academic discussion. It's just saying you get angry or you get envious or you get proud or you get... Um, lethargic spiritually these are all things that you 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 yourself get into ghafla, you fall into ghafla heedlessness, you 
forget your obligations towards God, which is just to worship Allah. No. So getting back to this ayah, getting back to this ayah here, what we've been told is that I haven't created this earth just as a matter of play. There is a purpose, and you are, and you explain that you are the purpose. I am the purpose. The listener is the purpose. Of the purpose isn't within our 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 um, our our you know our, our test. Right, and so this is why, if you think about it, one of the deepest conversations in the Quran is the conversation of um, Allah with the angels. Mm-hmm. For you know, right at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah. What is what what's the what comes to your mind when that conversation comes up? Yeah, um, the, the, the perf- people being well, uh, cre- creation being perfect, and there is no need for anyone else to exist because we are worshiping you, and we are perfect. Yeah, the what, angels. What you... so the angels yeah. are, are saying that. That we praise you, praise you. Um, praise your, you know, you know, sing your praises, and we exalt you. Allah says, "In I know what you do not know." In other words, there is this capacity of this frail individual, which is a human being, to reach higher than the angels, and essentially that the purpose of creation is to show angels that there's no there's no glory in worshiping if it's if it's a mechanical worshiping, and that does not give them a privilege. What gives privilege is a situation where you have a being which has a choice between two options, and it chooses actually, and it chooses the one that's uphill, not downhill. Because the and, nafs, see the, the, the obstacle of the nafs, the, yes. And the, the obstacle is envy or arrogance, and or both. See, that's what Sufyan Thawri said that the first sin that was committed in the heavens was that of of arrogance, and the first on the earth was envy. So it's almost as if you know there's something specific to Iblis, which was this pride. You know that, I, I, and, I, and they're related. Arrogance and envy is related. Envy to me is that I'm not happy with the the division or, 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 or the the distribution of God's um, how God has given something to someone. Envy, yes. I, I, I'm not happy with it. Mm. Why, why him? Why her? Why not me? Why? Mm. That's envy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, arrogance comes before that. So this is why you know in in, in spiritual sciences, arrogance become comes before envy because once you're arrogant and you have a, a sense like of yourself here, okay, mm-hmm. and there's somebody else who is given something and it's there, you're here already and you're thinking, mashallah, mashallah. You know, I'm, I'm, mashallah, mashallah. Not a, not a problem, but the problem is when yastakbirun, and then envy comes in. Why has he got that? Why has he got that? Then cut. You know, you're cutting off somebody that you, you're actually fighting with God, saying, why did God give him more than myself or her more than myself in something? Yeah. You're unhappy with the distribution of God. Yeah, because and and essentially, you know, envy and arrogance are are towards the last episodes of spiritual diseases. Because the spiritual diseases that come before that are ghafla and there's, you know, things to do with your perception of Allah, such as you know, lack of hope or um, a sense of security from God's plan or uh, a lack of pleasure in God's decree, for example. These all come before that. Why did God give him this and not myself? 
These all, you know, build up, build up, build up to the point that it, it erupts in van vanity, arrogance, hubbul jah. Hubbul jah is like um, love of um, prestige and honor and fame. You know, I'm living next to next to um, the the burial place of Sheikh Mahmoud Aziz Hudai. You know, he was one of the great sheikhs. The, the sheikh. In fact, in my back garden, there's another Sheikh Al Islam. We just found out about um, okay. three days ago. Um, so, so I was always thinking why this house is so tranquil. But anyway, uh, Sheikh Mahmoud Aziz Hudai was a teacher of this, this Sheikh Al Islam. Was the Sheikh Al Islam for about twelve years. Uh, Sheikh Mahmoud was the, the 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 advisor of at least three of the Ottoman Khulafa, and when he was, you know, in his early life, he was in 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 Bursa, you know, he was a qadi in Bursa, and when he met his Sheikh, he he said he was he was very much impressed by his Sheikh, meaning not impressed like wow he's got a good car, you know, he's got a Mercedes or Bentley, he was just impacted by the fact that he wasn't like normal scholars, he was very much serving people and you know you know elevating people almost like the prophet when he used to change people and so aziz sheikh aziz he wanted to become a student and then what, what his teacher told him was you have too much arrogance far too much and he said no no i need to follow i need to learn from you and he said no no too much arrogance and he says no i'll do anything and he said okay and um, go into the marketplace of uh, bursa and sell livers you know, sell um, sell cooked livers, mm. jigger. <clears throat> yep. In fact, in Urdu you say jigger, don't you? Yeah, jigger. Yeah, he said go into the marketplace and just shout and get a, a trolley, and then and everyone knows who Mahmoud Aziz is, Hudai. And he said go in there and just shout jiggerji, jiggerji. In other words, I'm the the, the person who sells a liver. You know, mm. you know. And it was through that that, that he became, basically humiliated himself in, in the public because they said you were such a great, well-dressed scholar. Now all of a sudden, you're selling, you know, the worst of meat, liver. You know, it's not exactly the best of meat. And the only reason for that was arrogance. It's the only way that he he just said, okay, I don't really care what people think about me as long as I'm, you know, doing something that's halal, and I'm taking this advice of my my teacher and he did it and then his, his, the rest is, says history and um, so you know this is the whole thing i mean the, the the purpose of creation is is the this 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 kind of arena of humans and jinn the two cognizant beings that god has created that have the ability to choose between right and wrong truth and falsehood and the whole point is that god has showed us where the right path is which is goodness and we're the wrong path which is badness and evil and so he's asked us to take that path and then just to as a footnote it's telling us about the angels they you know they do not relent in, in proclaiming allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's greatness and they never fall short of it they sing his praises night and day and they don't you know fall short of that and so that brings us to an end of a kind of whole introduction to this chapter which ties in so many, you know the Qur'an, it, the beginning of chapters always opens up so many different <clears throat> ideas. Yeah, I, you know, if you to think about what these ideas are in the first couple of chapters, I've kind of mentioned most of them. You know, 
the, the the impending doom and and test of 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 um, the hisab and the judgment, the descending of prophets as humans, and the objection of the Quraysh and the and the undecided nature of that objection, showing lack of any you know real opposition against the Prophet they will pluck away and say, well, we need angels to come and you know guide us rather than human beings. Allah ties all those up at the beginning opens them up as objections and ties everything up because it mentions the angels as well. The angels are there just almost like mechanical spiritual beings that just praise God and do exactly what they're told, when they're told, without asking why, unless Allah inspires them to ask why, such as in the narrative of Adam when they said, you know, are you going to send upon the earth a creation that will, that will spill blood? While we ourselves sing your praises night and day, God said, I know what you do not know. And he taught Adam all the names. And he told the, the, the told Adam, Ambihumbiasma'ihim, you know, tell them the names. And that was it. The moment that you know the angels realized that he knew the names, meaning the names of Allah, attributes of Allah, and in a, in, in, and, and from another perspective, how to worship Allah out of free will, they realize that the human being has more capacity than the angel. So because they're doing it out of their own choice. You and I are special in God's creation because of the choice that we have and we are, we've been given the ability to exercise that choice. Uh, there is a share um, coming to the end uh, of uh, reflections with the last segment. Um, reflections with Sheikh Ridwan Muhammad, 21st Surah, Surah Anbiya, uh, is translation and commentary. And obviously within this commentary, is, is uh, we, we are kind of trying to get to the main thread of the, the, the first few sections of what's been said. And I always desperately try to ask Sheikh, how does it relate to me? Or how does it relate to you, the one who's listening? What meaning it has for me? In my life, uh, yes, we need to understand it as as revealed for us. Because what I understand is the Quran is for me. Uh, Quran has all the meaning, which is good, is because I want to explore my own potential, as Sheikh has um, pointed out today. یہ سب تمہارا کرم ہے آقا کہ بات اب تک بنی ہوئی ہے بشیر کہیے ندیر کہیے انہیں سراج منیر کہیے نیمز آف پروفیس صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بشیر ندیر سراج منیر اینڈ ٹوڈیز نیم از ندیر Uh, I don't know. I think it was a Farsi. Okay. Yes. That's a be- beautiful um, naat. Yes. Yeah. So there's, you know, something that happened last. Was it last? No, it wasn't last year. Actually, it was year before the last time I went to Hajj. Is I was in the mosque with Prophet Sallam, and I was sitting. I used to sit there after, you know, for a large period before Zohar, all the way beyond Asr, and so I was sitting there, and. Um, I would sit one near one pillar and there'd be another person sitting on the other side. We noticed that we were the same person, the same place every day. 
as you do sometimes. If you go to the same place in the mosque, you yeah. notice there's people sitting in the same place all the time. All the time, yeah. And so then this man, he came up and sat next to me. Hmm. And so it was interesting because he said to me, So I knew I was dressed as a Moroccan, but he obviously knew that I was not Moroccan. Yeah, um, he probably thought like half the people in, in Medina are from Pakistan anyway. So, so as I said, I'm from such and such. He was from Sindh. He didn't, I can't remember exactly where it was. In Sindh. He said he's from Sindh and his name was uh, Nadir. And so I just started speaking to him and he was like a, a retired secondary school teacher. And um, he was he was a twin. So within the whole long discussion, actually, it's funny you mentioned this because I think I've forgotten most of this. Um, within the conversation, he said that his 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 twin brothers called Bashir. And and oh no, no, this reason why this came up is that after speaking to him for a bit, I find him so so such a lovely man, such a generous, lovely, you know, um, hospitable man. That I I said, "Apka naam kya hai?" And and he said, oh, "It's." it's it's Nadir. And I said, no, no, you, you suit to be Bashir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, um, and so he said that, Ajeeb baat apne kahi. He said, he's a very strange thing you said, because our teacher used to say the same thing. Because my brother, my twin, he didn't tell me that he had a twin. He says, my twin, he's called Bashir. And people always say he should be Nadir. Because he's stern, so Bashir means basically good, 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 good tidings. It's somebody that brings good tidings. It's somebody that that gives you good news and and puts you to to ease in terms of a bashara. It's like good news. And Nadir is like the opposite. Nadir is is a warner, but he was not the warner at all. He says many apne baise baat ki thi ki hum naam badalne aur aise. And he said, no, no, kafi waqt ho guzar gaya ab. You know, it's been so long. We can't change our names now. Yeah, so it, it was. It was. It won't have an effect now because it's, it's etched now in your personality. No, I said, Khalas. I said, you, you, somebody must have. I, I said, look, it must have been your twins, and where your father pointed, you're mixed up in in the recording in the in the in the office or something. Yeah. So I mean, I, that's why I think. That's why I said to him. I, I think when you're when you're young, you're so you're so similar that you must have swapped courts. Or something, um, but now there's an, an, an interesting name of the Prophet because you know the previous verses that we did yesterday were all about um, warning. They were all about uh, impending doom, which is destruction and, and termination of previous nations due to their wrongdoing, and that's the important thing. And Nadir is a person that warns, and the Prophet um, In fact, you know the the Nat you pray at the, play at the beginning. Um, there's a line there that that um, is quite quite a beautiful beautiful line. Um, it's about it's about it's the the khutbah of the Prophet um, and he describes it as what what's the word he uses? Um, yeah, not a vessel. <clears throat> not kya chalate hain shuru mein? Nee, it's the same one. Mustafa jani rahmat billahu salam. salam. Shamae bazme hidayat billahu salam. Yes, that's it. So may you may may a million prayers be upon the awe-inspiring fear of his khutbas. Yeah. You know the Prophet used to give a khutbah, and then in the hadith it mentions Sahih hadith it mentions the Prophet used to be as if he was 
warning and, and ra rallying up uh, an army. So Mundir is like a person that's warning and and you know at the beginning of you know these movies that they have historical movies where they have a battle scene and then there's somebody giving a, a, a speech right at the beginning of the battle just as they're about to go into battle. That's a Mundir al-Jaysh, a person stirring up the the emotions of the of the army. And so Anadir is the one that's warning them of what will happen if they do not win the battle. And the Prophet was a, a person who warned what would happen if he did not stay true to truthful, truthfulness and reject falsehood. And so, you know, this name is beautiful from its own perspective because it shows the Prophet as being a person that knew what to warn against. You know, if, if you're going to warn some, about something, you need to know what to warn about. It indicates that you know something. You know, behind that name, Nadir, is an act that he knows what is going to be troublesome for you. He knew the reality of the shaitan. He knew the reality of, of, of Jahannam. He knew the reality of being distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's um, compassion and mercy and not being able to hear his speech and not being able to have the felicity of the beatific vision in the hereafter of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, he used to warn people against actions that would lead them to being distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this way, Abu Hanifa, you know, Abu Hanifa, he 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 said that the word nudur and nadir comes from an old Arabic word, which is actually the sound of the you know when you when you fire an arrow and the string makes a noise as soon as the arrow leaves, hmm. that's called nadir. You know the sound. You know okay. when if you if you if you if you shoot an arrow, it leaves and you have this noise. You know when you hear that noise, if you're if you're in a war situation and you hear, you heard one of those, you, no one was firing arrows, and somebody all of a sudden fired an arrow, you would know right away. But it'd be too late. You know the arrow would be so fast that essentially the warning was given, and you'd be dead by the time that you'd clicked that it's an arrow coming towards you. And so the word itself is is a word that's used for something that is a warning at the most important time. You know, and, and that's why, you know, the Arabs say قَدْ أَعْذَرَ مَنْ أَنْذَرَ The person who um, has warned people has found an excuse, you know, in terms of, is absolved of all responsibility now. You know, it's like a child, if, if you tell them, look, don't come near this fire, don't go near this thing, it's very hot. You've done your bit. You know, it's not the child later on can say, well, you didn't tell me. The child, I told you, don't do it. You know, and that that conversation is probably taking taking place ten times in my household today. I, I told you, you don't come back, don't come crying to me. You know, and and at some point the, the, it clicks. Nadir is a person that warns, and so the person that warns is, is has covered their back. They've got an insurance policy, and so the Prophet I remember when he gave the the final sermon, gave it so, to. But but it is not about the one who is warning. Hmm. It's about the one who's warned. Yes, obviously. Yes, about the the warning is for the person who you want to save, but yes. also there's this aspect of, you know, you cannot in the in 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 judgment day. There's a whole narrative about people climbing up and saying, "Oh, I didn't receive the message. It's not my fault. I wasn't warned." You understand? Like they will say all sorts of things on the day of judgment. Send us back. We will go back and do good actions. Mm -hmm. Allah says, no, but it's nothing but a word that they say. 
But the Prophet in the farewell pilgrimage in front of over 140, to, according to the estimation of most Hadith scholars, 140,000 people, when he finished giving the khutbah, the final sermon, he said, have I not conveyed? You know, in other words, have I not warned you? And they said, bala. They said, of course you have. And so it means then the warning now is in your court. The ball is in your court, as you as we say in English. Like, you, you know what your responsibility is. So, so we, know Prophet, we, we know Prophet Sallallahu as Muhammad, as Ahmad. Hmm. And today we say that we also know him as Bashir. But the emphasis today is we are required to know him as Nadir. Nadir, well. because if you think about the verses about warning, then it becomes very clear if God is saying that he is Qasamna, it's like smashed you know, tribes and nations and civilizations. It comes after a warning, you know. This is where the Quran says and there's no community except that they came to them a Nadir. That a warner came to them hmm. about what? What are they going to warn about? Exactly that thing of the punishment and the judgment, whether this life or the hereafter, about culpability, about responsibility. And so, you know, you always have to, everybody has to be a warner in some way. You know, everybody has a responsibility to warn in some way that is, you know, going to be a benefit. You know, today I was reading about, you know, I think it was, it was no, in fact, it was the, the head of the Labour Party in England. Um, pulled out of a iftar, a virtual iftar, because somebody who was part of the or management management committee of the iftar had called for a boycott on dates from Israel, for example. Mm. And so he felt well, it was it was to, it would be um, condoning anti-Semitism to uh, to uh, go to an iftar where you know people are calling for a boycott of fruit and produce. <clears throat> grown in a, in, a, in a land which is occupied and illegally taken by uh, a nation. You know, you have to warn people that that is not, that is not an ethical thing to do because if, if you take people's land, you cannot grow in it. You, it's not your right. And so somebody has to say something. You can't just say, oh, he's got a right not to go to iftar. You don't, don't have to join her as, as an iftar, but at least don't have the audacity to, you know, peddle some other untruth at the same time. And so Nadir is about warning. You always have to speak up sometimes about certain things. You know, measure up everything, what's right and what's wrong, and look at whether the way you're doing it is correct. And then you give the, the Nadir. You, you act as a Nadir. And it's not just a prophetic quality. It's also a quality passed down to the community through what we know as Al-Amr Bil-Ma'roof wa Nahyan Nunkar, which is to enjoin good, and forbid evil, which is Bashir and Nadir for the community, which is to enjoin what's good and forbid and to tell people what's bad. But remember, you need to know what's bad to tell people not to do it. And also you have to have wisdom in doing it as well. But essentially these are, you know, kind of manifestations of the names Bashir and Nadir. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Just a reminder to myself and people who are listening, this is uh, Reflections with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad, extremely beneficial if you all kind of, it's not one of your most entertaining program, but it is something which gives us a lot of kind of food for thought. Uh, Surah Anbiya is uh, what we discuss every day, inshallah, which we plan to do for next 20 days as well. 
Mustafa Jani Rahmat Bilakum Salam is our theme tune this year. Uh, one of the beautiful nuts which has had a great acceptance throughout the subcontinent and one of the uh, a beautiful uh, piece of poetry that we know and we get to know Prophet through that. Ghafla uh, is one of the themes that was discussed early um, uh, in earlier part of this um, uh, commentary and heedlessness. To recognize heedlessness and what Sheikh reminded us, once we've recognized it, one of the ways of getting out of heedlessness, the state of heedlessness is sending lots of durood on Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. With a short dua today, uh, with lots of durood uh, and salam, uh, with Sheikh Radwan, inshallah, we will end this program. Uh, Sheikh, a short dua with uh, your favorite durood. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم بارك على سيدنا محمد في الأولين والآخرين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد بعدد من قادة وقام صلى وصام ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد حديثنا وحب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوحاب يسك الله سبحانه to accept our fasts and our prayers and our, our tarawih in this month and Allah alleviate the difficulty and suffering of the people that are suffering at this moment in time and to alleviate the difficulties of illnesses that amongst our families and our friends and our loved ones Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open the hearts of the people of these countries and our home countries to the light of the teaching of the Prophet وسلم, and allow us to live through this Ramadan healthy and wealthy insha'Allah ta'ala. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amin safun wa salamun ala al-muqsaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. سب تمہارا کرم ہے وَعَلَيْكَ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَعَلَى رِزْقِكَ أَفْطَرْتُ اے اللہ 